This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Get $50 off select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash fool. That's C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash fool. And use promo code fool at checkout. And this episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. Whether you want to place a trade on Twitter or get market news from your smart speaker, that's right, TD Ameritrade has everything you need to invest on your favorite platforms and devices. See what's new at tdameritrade.com innovation. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. And welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. You know, once a quarter, I bring my friend Matt Argusinger into the studio, and we do what, for me anyway, Matt, I'm not going to ask you to step up here, but for me, might be the most fun that I have with this podcast every 90 days or so. And I'm delighted that you're back with us once again. Thank you, David. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me back because you know my my score last time wasn't that great, so I was worried if you were going to give me another chance or not. <laughs> well, don't worry about that, Matt. And I know we have some new listeners in the last ninety days, so you new listener probably don't know what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about a game show that we play on this podcast once a quarter. It's called the Market Cap Game Show, and Matt is my returning guest star. Now, this is our fifth episode, so if you enjoyed the show. You can always go back three months and listen to Market Cap Game Show episode four, or three months before that, episode three. But this is episode five. And what we do, Matt, is that we play a game together. And ostensibly, it's me quizzing you, me playing Alex Trebek, you playing the talented contestant. But you and I both know this is really about everybody else playing along with us. So we have thousands of players, even though it just sounds like two guys talking stocks to each other, because you, dear listener, are playing along with us. You're playing this game at home. And Matt, before we go over the ground rules of this game, just to reset, how about let's go over the purpose of this game briefly. So it's the market cap game show. If I'm just a new listener to Rule Breaker Investing, I'm not sure what market cap means. What does market cap mean? I think as an investor, or really anyone when you start looking at stocks, market cap is kind of that first number or metric that you learn. Uh, and it's essentially a way of sizing up a company. Uh, you take the stock price of the company and multiply it by the number of shares outstanding. So, if you're looking at, say, a $100 billion company, and it's a $100 stock, then it has a billion shares outstanding. Mm-hmm. billion times 100, $100 billion company. And that's the price tag of the company. That's right. And basically. so, Apple made news recently, and I hope this isn't one of your stocks, David, <laughs> just, just you know, but Apple recently made the news, became the first U.S. Public company to breach the one trillion dollar market cap number, uh, and I looked it up. So Apple trades right now for about two hundred and twenty dollars a share. It has about five billion shares outstanding. So you multiply five billion times two hundred twenty, you get roughly one point one trillion, which is Apple's market cap. An outstanding example, and wasn't it? Because you and I are market cap junkies. Wasn't it satisfying in recent weeks to see market cap be a big focus of the daily headlines? There? I loved it. I, you know, you never see that in, in in mainstream media headlines. We see it sometimes in financial media, but to see it really out there everywhere, it was it was pretty. It was gravitating. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the reason that we've made this into a game is that. We think it's a great thing to know your market caps. It gives you a good sense of what the size of a company is. A lot of people, especially people brand new to investing or who don't know investing at all, think that the price per share of the stock is a big thing. So, if 
if a stock is priced at $4 a share, sometimes that might sound better to them than $400 a share because they think I can get a lot of shares. It's a little bit more that penny stock mentality. But they're focused on the wrong thing, right? They're focused, Matt, on the price per share of the stock. That's right. Oftentimes, you'll find a stock that's $10, but that could be a multi-multi-billion dollar company. And you might find a stock that's $80 a share that might be less than a billion in market cap. So, it really, the share price really doesn't tell you much about the size of the company. You that's really right, because you need to know the shares. Account. Exactly. That's and right. then you do the math, and you multiply it, and you get the market cap. Now, you've been gracious enough to play this game from the outset. By the way, the very first one was August 9th of 2017. So, we're now in our second year of playing the market cap game show. But the reason that we play this is because I think it's a great idea to kind of know your market caps of your companies. Um, because if you're hoping to have a stock rise 10 times in value, it's awfully helpful to know what the base is that it's starting from in the first place. So, Matt, if a stock is, let's say it's at a $1 billion market cap, in your mind, does that have a better chance or a worse chance of going up 10 times in value over the next five years compared with a stock? That has a one trillion dollar market cap. Oh, no doubt. The the company that's one billion has a much greater chance. I mean, it's just if you think about Apple. Let's pretend we'll use Apple again, which is over a trillion. If Apple went up ten x, which I'm not saying it's not. I mean, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, but uh, I'm invested. Right. I would love a ten x from here for Apple. (laughs) But the uh, you know I looked at the for example the GDP of the United United States is roughly twenty trillion dollars. If Apple somehow went up ten x. Based on today's economy, it'd be worth about half the U.S. economy. Now, it's not impossible, but I would say that's you know that's that's asking a lot from Apple. So yes, try to you tend to gravitate to smaller companies to look for bigger gains. Excellent. So this is why we play the game. We're the only podcast, maybe the only show of any kind on any channel that includes all of YouTube. To actually make market cap into a game show, and it's a small point of pride for both you and me. It is, it is. Indeed. All right, so how does this game actually work? Well, it's simple. I will be asking Matt about 10 companies, 10 different companies this podcast. Not a single one of them does Matt know that I'm going to ask him. We are drawing from the 220 or so stocks that make up what I call the supernova universe. Longtime listeners will know that's the full body of work of all the stock picks I've made in Rule Breakers and in Motley Fool Stock Advisor, two services that I've worked on at the Motley Fool for about 15 years, picking stocks for 15 years now. I've filled up a bucket with a huge number of great companies, about 220 of them. I've picked 10 of them. Not completely at random. I've selected some of these and randomized a few others. Matt never knows what's coming. His goal is to guess the market cap. That's your goal as well at home. And you win. Give yourself a check mark, dear player, if you are within 20% either side of that company's market cap. So, for example, if I were to ask Matt about a company worth $10 billion, and I'll give you a couple examples right now Live Nation which is the company that sells concert tickets to many of the venues that itself owns across America, and letting you see some rock music acts that it works or partners with directly. Live Nation? Live Nation's worth $10 billion. Or how about Discovery? Discovery Communications, the Discovery Channel, all of those different companies out there, also a $10 billion company. So, if I asked Matt, what is the market cap of Discovery Communications, the actual answer is $10 billion. He would have to be Two billion on either side of that. So anywhere from eight billion to twelve billion, you dear player can give yourself a check mark. We're going to be doing ten of these, so you can check your batting average throughout the show. We're just about to get started, Matt. But first, we should review your personal batting average. So I've done the math here. You've played four shows. That's forty stocks. You were six out of ten, then six out of ten, then six out of ten. Last time, four out of ten. 
possibly slumping a little bit. We'll see if that slump continues or not this particular <laughs> month. But Matt, you're 22 of 40 historically in the Market Cap Game Show. Now, I know we have some players listening right now who've played with us all the way through, so everybody should do their batting average. Matt is batting 550. Now, that is a batting average that would send him not just straight to the Hall of Fame in American baseball, but it would make him the greatest sports figure in American history <laughs> right. uh, if this were baseball. It's not baseball. It's the Market Cap Game Show. But Matt, I already think you're kind of a Hall of Fame possibility. Just that 550 batting average. This is not an easy game. All right. Well, I'll take that. I think, any, yeah, I'm I'm happy with anything above 500. If I can keep that up, I'd I'd, I'd feel good about myself. Excellent. Well, one question, then I'll give you our first coming, Matt. If everyone were playing the market cap game, because it's just kind of we here on Rule Breaker Investing, all our fellow fools. But imagine if everybody from Queen Elizabeth to LeBron James to the youngest child just born in the local DC hospital ward in in the birthing ward. Everyone, all humans are playing the market cap game. How do you think the world would be better? Well, I think it'd be better because you play the market cap game, so you're already you're using some math, but you're also connecting them to real world things, companies, um, and I think it, it just informs people about. The marketplace, um, what kind of companies are out there? You know, what is Nike's market cap compared to Under Armour's market cap? Why is Nike so much bigger? And it just gets people thinking about business, thinking about valuing things. Uh, and I think that can, it's great if that starts as early as possible. That is awesome. In fact, I will conclude by saying I myself think that the world would be smarter, happier, and richer. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here at the Molly Pool. All right, Matt Argusinger, let's wind it up. Players at home, let's wind it up. Let's get ready. The first company. Matt, are you ready for a third time appearance on this show? Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. This is a company that I'm asking about for the third time. Now, I will say the first two times you've not gotten this one right. And it's a company that a lot of us have heard of. As soon as I say it, I know you're going to have heard of it. You might well be prepared for this particular show because, Matt, you missed it last time. You missed it a few times ago. In fact, neither time were you even close. So let's kick it off. The ticker symbol is ETSY. The company's name is Etsy. It is, of course, the online commerce platform uniting buyers and sellers, often around handicrafts, and it's a global player these days. But Etsy, ETSY, Matt Argusinger, what is the market cap of Etsy? So I have to admit, after last time, and, and knowing that I missed it for a second time, <laughs> I tended to pay a little more attention to Etsy over the last couple of months. And so I think I've got this. It's a, I think Etsy's market cap is $4.5 billion. <laughs> Did I miss it again? <laughs> this is truly incredible. Did I miss it again? <laughs> so, Matt, you, I want to say, first of all, that you were very, very close. Oh, you were very no. close. You, you, you were so close. Oh. And, but I, unfortunately, I can't give it to you. So Etsy, and part of it might be that Etsy's up 4% today as we talk, right? And literally, if Etsy had not risen 4% today, you would have gotten this one right. But the market cap of Etsy, and we're taping at about 3 p.m. September 11th, Tuesday, of course, just the day before the show, the market cap of Etsy is $5.8 billion. I I think... I think I'm doomed. I think Etsy is is going to haunt me for the rest of my my life. My, we're gonna play, we could play this game ten more times. And I think I'll miss it every single time. So, players at home, give yourself a check mark if you were from four point six billion 
27.0 billion. That is the 20% space on either side of Etsy's market cap. Matt, it's been an incredible run for the stock. In fact, I was reviewing our numbers, as I want to do, and the very first time we ever played this show, which was, as I mentioned earlier, August 9th of last year, the market cap for Etsy was $1.6 billion. Here we are, about a year and a month later, it's gone from $1.6 billion to $5.8 billion. This has been a monster rule break. I just can't keep up with it. That's the problem. I think I went way over at the beginning, and I came way low, and now I'm low again. So, it's just, wow. All right. Well, again, I, I, I was thinking that was a softball. I was trying to lob one up for you there. But this might be just a little bit of the slump carrying over from last time, but I'm sure you're going to snap out of it. And players at home, you may also be slumping, or you may be on fire. And that's a reminder for me to let you know that if you do well, Hashtag I beat Matt is the one to use on Twitter in the week ahead. Tweet us out at, at RBI Podcast. Hashtag I beat Matt. Maybe I lost to Matt. That happens. That's been tweeted often in the past. The rare I tied Matt is out there as well. So, so Matt, 0 and 1. Let's go to stock number two. With stock number two, Matt, I want to start by asking you how's how does Odyssey One going? The the portfolio, the real money portfolio that you're managing for members of Motley Fool Supernova that you started in was it it was 2012? Was it January of 2012? March? March 2012. March 2012. How are things going? Things are going well. We're having another uh, another great year uh, so far. Uh, it's, there's been some volatility as we we've seen, but um, I think as of the end of August. We were still up about 25% for the year, which is well ahead of the market. So it's it's been I, after 2017, I really expected 2018 to be not nearly as good. But actually, we're we're on pace for another great year as 2017 was. And not so. only that, but I've updated our numbers for September. And Matt, you and your talented team year to date are up 28 and a half percent as we speak, with the market up 9.9. So it's been a great year. But you know, years can be good. Or bad. I think more important, and to give you some extra props here, since you launched this portfolio in March of 2012, for members with real money, where members just can copy right along and follow your trades. In fact, executing trades before you all do as a team, you're up 216%. The stock market is up 81% over that time. That comes out to an an annualized average of 19.8% versus 14.2 for the market. That's over six years and counting. Matt, congratulations. Yeah, thank you, David. And, and shout out to, of course, my teammates, uh, Tim Byers, Aaron Bush, and Sarah Goddard, who have who've been uh, with me the whole way. And so. that is a true star team. I mean, all four of those fools. I know a lot of us will know a few of those, if not all of those. I think I've probably had every one of those on a podcast in the past, and they're great teammates. And uh, I'm really glad that you've kept that team together. That's like the dream team, one of the dream teams here at The Fool. So, great job. And I'm asking you about this because the very next stock we're going to play with here is, I think, a stock that you guys had for a while and then sold. And if I'm right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it was a great move to sell it. It's remained an active recommendation for me, but kind of a loser. Stock number two, the company name is Sierra Wireless, and the ticker symbol is SWIR. Okay. Now, I first began took a shine to the stock in 2013. It was a small cap company at the time, but I decided there was going to be this thing called the Internet of Things one day, and machine-to-machine communications would be really big. And indeed, I think that the Internet of Things has gotten only more relevant with every passing year. And yet, unfortunately, Sierra Wireless, which is up from our initial recommendation, but well behind the market, Sierra Wireless has not really become the leader or player within the industry that I was hoping. Yes, we owned uh, Sierra Wireless, and I think we we sold a partial stake at one point, and ended up selling the entire position. And I think it was one of those 
situations where we wanted to free up capital because we saw some opportunities elsewhere, and that's usually the number one reason we decide to sell things in a portfolio. But with CR Wireless, I think we saw the same things you, would, you kind of mentioned. We, we didn't see the value creation that we hope to see with all the technology that CR Wireless provides to numbers of industries. Uh, it just seems that the, the value is being created kind of in those end markets, and CR Wireless isn't really capturing as sort of the technology creator isn't capturing a lot of that value. A mistake I've sometimes made as an investor is I get the trend right, but I think I need to find a small cap company that's really going to zing. But often the small caps are not the ones that bring new big trends into our society. It's the bigger players sometimes. And it's not always true. Amazon certainly started fairly small, uh, but it is often true. And I think I kind of made that mistake in the case of Sierra Wireless. I first recommended it at 15 in September of 2013, so that's five years ago. And it touched 50 by January 1st of 2015. So, it was a monster winner. But today, well, I shouldn't actually say the share price today, because that might help Matt with the market cap. But I'll just say this, it's well down from that 50 position. Matt, what is the market cap of Sierra Wireless within 20% either way? I'm pretty sure Sierra Wireless is still a small cap, even still maybe below a billion. I'm going to say 800 million market cap. Wow, nailed it. Yep, the market cap as we speak is 784 million. So you are possibly the closest guess you've ever made because you were within 16 million of the actual figure, which is off the charts great. I'm surprised. I thought it was somewhere between 750 and a billion. So I thought 800 baby on the low side, but wow, great on the board. And you know, it's interesting because Sierra Wireless is up as we're speaking about nine and a half percent today. So it's been an outstanding day for the stock, but still only pushed its market cap up to 784 million. So fools playing at home. If you answered anywhere from 627 million to 941 million, give yourself a check mark in the plus column. And Matt, that brings you to one for two batting 500, kind of your what you're shooting for right there as a major league slugger. Pick up some heat, pick up some steam here. All right, so stock number three. Well, Matt, you and I have talked about this almost every podcast that we've been on together on this show, doing the Market Cap Game Show, because we both love video games. And in fact, last time, having re-listened to your appearance in Market Cap Game Show in June, just three months ago, you were talking about Spider-Man, which is one of the video games you were looking forward to at that time. And I don't know if you've kept up. Have, have, did you purchase it? I, I'm going to purchase it. I'm, I've got one game I'm still working on. As soon as I finish that game, I'm going to get to Spider-Man. Excellent. Do you want to say the game that you're working on? God of War 4. Yeah. So I, I love the God of War games. And the problem is, and maybe David knows this, I'm a little bit of a completionist. So when I got God of War 4, I had to go back and play God of War 1 through 3. That is awesome. Because <laughs> so, it had been about a, a couple of years since I played those yeah. games. So that's why I was a little slow. I've been a little slow in my video game playing. No but. problem. That's not <laughs> slow at all. And in our household, I playing with my son, handing the controller back and forth is one of us dies each time, which means he's playing oh, most of the time. That's great. That's yeah. how we play it in my household. We just finished God of War a few days ago, and then we purchased Spider-Man, and we've been enjoying just the start of Spider-Man, which got outstanding reviews, like God of War. And both of them are not investable, because unfortunately, as I think you probably know, Matt, both of them are made by Sony itself, Sony Interactive Studios, I think. And so, you can't actually get a play on God of War or at least the Spider-Man most recently released video game that way. But stock number three is a video game company, and one that I know we both admire. The ticker symbol is TTWO. It is Take-Two Interactive. Now, when a lot of people think of video game stocks and they think about the leaders, they're thinking about Electronic Arts or Activision Blizzard, big players in the industry, and really 
players that op- operate across all genres. They've got a AAA release for sports. They've got fantasy role-playing games. They've got strategy games. They've got the whole gamut covered. Activision Blizzard, Electronic Arts, they are behemoths within the industry. Take-Two Interactive, though, a much smaller player. Take-Two has two big labels that it's kind of worked with and built up over the years. The first is Rockstar Games, the Grand Theft Auto series, which is lucrative and usually pretty brilliant. And then 2K Games, which is its sports line. And I'm thinking in particular of NBA 2K19. I just put an order for that today because it just got a 91 on Metacritic, an outstanding rating for the 20th anniversary of the NBA 2K series. Matt Argersinger, what is the market cap of Take-Two Interactive? I should get this. I'm also a big Bioshock fan. I know you are, which is one of their premier games as well. No question. Um, I think Take-Two... Is right around sixteen billion. All right, he is on. He's back, Matt Argusinger. After falling off the train, almost off the planet, with his third straight miss of Etsy, is now two for three, and really not even close to missing either of the last two because you nailed the last one. And this one, Matt, take take two is fifteen point two billion. So hey, your, your answer right. of sixteen billion is spot on. And players at home, if you were anywhere from 11.8 billion to 18.2 billion, you're on first base as well with Matt. You got on base, Matt. Good job. Two out of three. Um, good trend. I like the trend. Good, good trend. I like it as well. Do you, do you want to say anything more about video games before we go? Before we move on? Uh, no, no. Just that um, I, it is one of my favorite industries. I know it's one of your favorite industries. I think uh, the idea of interactive entertainment is just something that's getting bigger in all different kinds of forms and platforms. Uh, Absolutely. Esports is something um, that you've covered a lot and followed over the years. Big time. Really big taking off. So, yep. I mean, just really even exceeding viewership of traditional sports. Uh, so, it's 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 really exciting industry to follow. And I love that we have a bunch of great companies uh, in the industry. And a great universe. bunch of great games. Oh, I mean, man. just the releases well, the last few weeks, let alone Red Dead Redemption 2 coming oh. out a little bit later this year. That's why I need to get Spider-Man so I can actually finish Spider-Man <laughs> before I get that game. Yeah. <laughs> This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. There are so many benefits to using Casper. Casper's mattresses are designed by humans for humans. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Casper's breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature through the night. They're not just a mattress company. Casper offers a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience. Casper's mattresses are made in the USA. Buying the Casper mattress is easy. You order it online. It's delivered to your door in a compact box. There's free shipping, also free returns to the U.S. and Canada. Take advantage of their risk-free 100-day trial. That's right. Considering we spend one-third of our lives on a mattress, it's important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing, and that's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it out. Some of our co-workers here at The Fool have bought these mattresses and love them. One of our listeners in Los Angeles bought a Casper bed for his mom using the full discount. So get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash fool and using promo code fool at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash fool and using promo code fool at checkout. All right, and we use that horn 
That's like a hockey horn because it's intermission because we're still celebrating the Washington Capitals winning the NHL championship, which caused us to change how we structure this game. Because in the past, it had been like that was a halftime ad read, but we decided we would make it three periods, kind of like hockey. So that was first intermission and Matt. So let's continue. Let's kick off the second period here with three more stocks. Stock number four. Now, Matt, I've gotten to know you better through playing this game, asking you some biographical questions, and I'm always wanting to know more about you, and in particular, we're going to focus just on your youth here. So, um, where were you on planet Earth at roughly the age of, let's say, eight or nine years old? I believe I was I was still in Germany at the time. My, my father was in the Army, and we were stationed in Würzburg, Germany. That's outstanding. Now, do you have fond memories of Würzburg, Germany? I mean, you, it's like a world away, right? I, I do. Um, and in fact, my, uh, my mom is German. And so when I was living there, I got to spend a lot of time with my German family, my German cousins, who are all still there, and I visit frequently. So um, that was it was it was an interesting time growing up. I went to German kindergarten. Wow! <laughs> so ended up going to uh, on the military base for elementary school, but at least in the early part, uh, went to German really cool. And then where did you move from there? From there, we went to Fort Huachuca, Arizona. That was my dad's next uh, next wow. assignment. So and really, how long were you line. there, roughly? I think three years was the initial. St- time in Arizona. After really that. neat. So. so, looking back on those two very different places, did you have a friendly neighborhood drugstore in either one? <laughs> Was there like a place that you would, you know, there might be like the pharmacist that you know by their first name, or maybe on the American military base, they probably have this this nailed, I'm not sure, but you know, a friendly neighborhood drugstore. Sure, sure. I mean, I think in the military base, there was always the commissary, but then attached to the commissary was kind of like the little pharmacy. So, And it probably wasn't a CVS branded pharmacy at that time. Not at that time. Right. But the company has gone on uh, for many decades now to become quite large today, CVS. That's right. Huge. And CVS um, had some big recent news in the last year when it announced an intended merger with Aetna which just shows the changing nature of these companies. Because what starts as, well, a friendly neighborhood drugstore becomes kind of a, a, a drug seller through its pharmacies. Um, regular people subscribing and trying to get better deals by through volume, you know, joining in. And, and then an insurance company, Aetna, it's a really interesting world today that CVS is trying to become a leader in. That's right. That's right. You know, and I wonder how much of this potential industry consolidation is kind of prompted by what Amazon is doing in terms of getting into the pharmacy business, maybe getting into the larger healthcare business as well. So, uh, I have a feeling that's probably kicking the uh, kicking the proverbial can down the road a little bit for, mm. for these companies. They're trying to get ahead of that. Well, in Stock Advisor, I recommended CVS in 2014. I love to talk about my winners on this podcast, but unfortunately, I don't always pick winners. So, sometimes I have to talk about my losers, and CVS has not been a great stock. At the time, I loved the announcement by the CEO that they were taking tobacco out of all of their stores. I thought that was a really gutsy and uh, courageous, interesting move by the CEO, definitely foregoing some profits, some sales, and uh, and changing the course and saying, we're about health, so it makes sense for us to have healthy products. And the stock reacted really well and was an early big winner for us and for Stock Advisor members. But I have to say now, looking back four years from that initial pick, the stock's up about 16%, so it's fallen back. Market's up 72% over the last four mm. years. So, CVS has, in fact, been a pretty bad laggard. It has, uh, and you know, and just again speaking to the size of these companies, they're very large, and I think there are some outstanding questions about where is the pharmacy business going. You know, is it is it 
Is it going more towards a sort of online mobile delivery type business? A lot of what really benefits CVS is the fact that people go there to pick up drugs, but they end up also buying household items. You know, yeah. I certainly do when I go there. Yep. And uh, that that business could be a little bit under threat, though. I think you know, uh, CVS just with the nature of that business, still going to have huge customer demand. You bet, Matt Argusinger, and all players at home. And all players worldwide. <laughs> what is the market cap of CVS? Ticker symbol CVS. I'm going to say CVS is a $75 billion company. Wow, Matt, you're not just nailing it, you're starting to kill it in this game. Hey. So it's, it's $77 billion. All so right. you said 75 so you were within just a couple of percentage points. But for the rest of us, if you were either side 20% of that, if you were from $61 billion to $92 billion, give yourself a plus one. You got it along with Matt. Now, it's going to be hard to use that hashtag, I beat Matt, if Matt keeps this up. And maybe I've made this game too easy. I'm not sure, but that's three in a row. Well, you know, they could use a hashtag saying, I guessed Etsy and Matt didn't or something <laughs> I would like to see at least one of our fellow fools use the I guessed Etsy and Matt didn't hashtag. We'll see if that happens in the week ahead. <laughs> yes, uh, muses are beginning to sing of this of this Etsy Argus Singer relationship that is becoming a thing. One quick thing on CBS too. I I think I was able to guess that because I remember when Walgreens uh, a month or two got added to the Dow. Ah, and yes. I, I wondered at the time why CBS wasn't added in Walgreens was, and I think I was comparing the size of the company. Right, because CVS is larger than Walgreens. CVS is larger, um, and I I was a little bit befuddled by the decision. I still am a bit, but Walgreens made it into the Dow. CVS did not. Yeah, I still am, too. I don't really know what to say a few months later. No. Other than what was funny, do you remember what got booted in order to make room for Walgreens? I should know. It was GE. G- that's and correct. GE that day went up like 5%. And the week after Walgreens got added, it dropped like 5 or 6% or something. It was just kind of funny to watch the passing of two ships in the night. That's right. That's right. All right, Matt, it's time for stock number five. Where do you buy your clothes? Uh, you know, I. Um I still kind do you of buy your clothes? I do, well, like I, I don't buy my clothes. A, my wife no, Margaret very good buys question. all my clothes, and I'm grateful for that. I, I buy. I like. I enjoy buying um, all my running and sports gear, so shoes, shorts, shirts, and stuff like that. But when it comes, yes, when it comes to wear it for work or formal engagements, my wife is all over that. So, so where would you typically go to buy? Clothes for yourself. Uh, so I've I have become accustomed a little bit to buying uh, online. So either um, I'm a I'm a big Under Armour fan, so I do buy clothes directly to, on Under Armour. I will go to Amazon on occasion to buy things. Um, so I've become a little bit of an online shopper when it comes to apparel, which is surprising. Yeah. So. Well, I th- and I think that's great. You, presumably, you're not doing that against your will. In other words, it's become convenient, it's become attractive enough that you want to take the time, or you will take the time, just to click a button and get your new shirt. That's right. And I figure sometimes if you know the brands you like, it makes it a lot easier. And you kind of know what what sizes fit you well. It makes it a lot easier to shop online. Now, what about when the clothing that you're buying doesn't have necessarily a brand on itself, but it's the box around the clothing that's being sent to you that becomes the brand? Have you had any experiences there? I have not, and I think I know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the hottest stocks on the market these days is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix. Uh, a number of Motley Fool analysts, Abby Mallon of Podcasting Fame, certainly um, my brother Tom Gardner and some others have taken a real shine. And indeed, I decided we should add Stitch Fix to Rule Breakers, which I did uh, just weeks ago. 
The ticker symbol is SFIX. And for those not familiar with Stitch Fix, I'll be happy to just kind of lay out briefly my experience with one or another of this kind of company or its competitors, because there's a number out there. So the idea is that you go on and you say, I like this shirt, I'm looking for this style, these pants, these, and, and then you have somebody on the other end of that internet connection whose full time job is to think, what would Matt Argusinger like based on what he's just told me? And they, they bring a, an outfit together, let's say trousers and a couple of shirts, and put it in a box, and you subscribe. On an annual basis, you get like a box a month, and they just kind of send you the clothes, and they should have your sizes, so you try them on, and you're supposed to like them, and it turns out it's a good enough business that people do, and they should get to know you better over time, just like Netflix gets to know your tastes better, so presumably you'd want to renew that from one year to the next. But an increasing number of people are starting to circumvent really just the decision-making altogether. Like They're not even choosing something to buy on Amazon or on LLBean.com or in the stores over at Dick's Sporting Goods. They're just going, hey man, send me a box. And I'll try it on. I love that because I think I, I think you mentioned the the reason I don't like going out to, to buy clothes is because I will spend hours just making trying to make decisions and and trying things on. And that sounds like I I need to use Stitch Fix. So you could buy the shares as well, and they've been awfully strong. We'll talk about that in a sec. But before we get there, Matt Argusinger and my fellow players at home, within twenty percent either way, what is the market cap ticker symbol SFIX for Stitch Fix? Oh boy, really shot in the dark because I haven't looked at this company. Um, but it's been on fire. That always makes it a little bit more fun. <laughs> the shots in the dark, in part, why we play the game. Um, I will say, I do. It's still fairly small. I will say five billion for Stitch Fix. I got it. You were really close once again, Matt. Four and a half billion oh, is the market cap of Stitch Fix. Players at home, if you were anywhere from three point six billion to five point four billion. You got it right along with Matt. And if you're four out of five right along with Matt, that's really impressive. Matt, nice call. I have to say, you know, um, I don't know if you, you got a chance to watch any of the football games last night. It's funny you mentioned that. I didn't watch the two Monday night football games, which is what you're referencing. Okay. I did try to watch my local home team, the Washington Redskins, play on Sunday. But Verizon Files somehow messed up, and I lost all of my services. My internet, my TV, my phone over the whole weekend, and I couldn't get anyone back to the house until week. So I missed. This is the first opening day of football that I've missed. And if I really cared, I would have gone to like a local bar. Sure. Turns out I didn't care that much. But what were you seeing last night on Monday Night Football? Well, I'm a a big Patriots fan. I did know that. I never liked seeing the New York Jets do well. But the New York Jets have a new quarterback, rookie quarterback. And on his first pass of the game, he threw an interception for a touchdown. Oh my! And it was just a, you a know, pick six the other way. Pick six the other way. He came back and had a brilliant game, though. And the Jets ended up crushing the Detroit. I saw Lions. that forty-eight seventeen oh, or something like something that. Something like yeah. that. And uh, and so I was thinking to myself, I think I I threw a pick six with Etsy, <laughs> and maybe I'm just having a little bit. Sam Darnold, I'm just I'm getting it done a little bit. That so. that is it. That is that is impressive. <laughs> All right. So Stitch Fix. Before we move to stock number six, I just want to mention that one of the things that we do with the Supernova Universe, all of the stocks that we follow that Matt and I pick from, is that we line them up by recent performance and. I look at the last three months, it's, of course, a short-term view. It's not real reason to invest, but I also do like to know what's moving, and I find that a lot of the world doesn't necessarily know like how things are done in the last three months. So I made that a thing by calling it radiance. Imagine if every stock is a star in the night sky, there's a little supernova theming going on here, but what shines most brightly? What has been most radiant? And out of the 220-plus companies that we're following, 
Stitch Fix is number one over the last three months. It's up 85%. So, that market cap that you did a great job guessing has really revised itself in just the last 90 days. And just for those keeping score at home, numbers two and three over the last three months in Radiance, much lesser known companies, Aerovironment, which among other things makes drones, up 74%, and RigNet, which basically does like Wi Fi and communication systems for oil rigs. Up 74%. So a completely motley mix and not the same old that you expect the usual suspects at the top of that list, but Stitch Fix reigning supreme. That's great. And and I have to say, Aero Environment, I've kept up with only because we used to own that in Odyssey One and we stupidly sold that uh, at a, very, a much lower price than it is today. Well, we all make mistakes, but you're not making too many this week, Matt. <laughs> Four out of five, let's get to stock number six. Speaking of performance, Matt, what would you guess is been the number one performing S&P 500 stock since January of 2016. So 2016, 2017, now most of calendar 18. What has been the I think I I'm making this up. I have to admit I haven't checked, but I'm confident with this one. What do you think has been the most powerfully great stock for investors in the S&P 500 in the last 2 plus years? If I'd have to guess, I'd say Netflix has got to be it, or at least close to it. And I would also say it's got to have been really close to it. And it might, in fact, be the answer, but it's not stock number six. Stock number six was what I'm guessing has been number one. The ticker symbol is NVDA. Ah. The company is NVIDIA. Now, this has been a 41-bagger for Motley Fool Stock Advisor members since we first picked it in 2005. So, it has been an absolute monster winner. But what's really interesting, we'll talk about that in a sec, on the other side of your guess, what's really been interesting is when that performance has come. And to give a brief spoiler alert, it's been on the back end. It's backside performance. It's recent performance that has absolutely catapulted NVIDIA to the top of many lists. Uh, And it is an industry leader unto itself these days. Matt, NVIDIA, of course, the company that started with kind of graphics processing units. And, you know, Intel had its cards, NVIDIA had its cards, which were more graphically oriented, and computer gamers like you and me would have an NVIDIA card. Uh, But these days, NVIDIA has just exploded and become relevant to so many different industries from artificial intelligence to self driving cars. A brilliant leader, Jensen Wang, has been there pretty much all the way through. And, uh, I think is probably the most underrated CEO in America today. A lot of people don't know Jensen and don't realize that this guy has been overseeing this company for a few decades and has led a true American tech giant. That's what he's created from with his team and his vision. Matt Argusinger and everybody else playing at home, this is one of the best companies of our time. What is the market cap of NVIDIA? I got to go big here, um, just given the performance. And so, I'm going to say... $120 billion. Oh! Well, Too high. going big was the right idea, but you didn't go big enough. No kidding. Yeah, it's even bigger than that. You weren't far off. But the market cap of NVIDIA, as we tape today, is $166 billion. Wow. So, players at home, if you were from 133 to 199 133 to 199 give yourself a check mark. But unfortunately, Matt, you... Undershot it a little bit. I did. Well, you know, and it's it's amazing how 
long that company that I've known that company, and I feel like the pricing power that that company has had, given the industry that it's in. Because I remember when I was when I was going to college, yeah, and I was buying a new computer, and I, you know I was configuring the Dell computer because Dell was Dell, Dell was what you bought at the I time. I was there with you, probably with the same model, trying to configure mine. And I had I to I made the, I had to make the decision: Do I want the NVIDIA GPU? Which added about two hundred and fifty dollars to the price of the computer, or did I want to just go with the generic Intel? And I had to go with the Nvidia GPU just because I knew I had some games that I wanted to be playing. So awesome, um, yeah. So the stock we first picked it, the cost was six dollars and fifty nine cents for us back in two thousand five, but by two thousand sixteen, I mean it had been great. It had gone to thirty from about six and a half. That's 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 pretty great, but. In 2016, it started the year at 30. It closed the year at 100. Mm. So that was a triple. It was the best performer in the S&P 500 for 2016. And emboldened by that, adding to my winners, I then re-recommended it to start 2017, saying, I don't care if it's already tripled. I love this coming. Let's get more of it. And for 2017, it went from 100 to 220. And it started the year this year at 220, and now it's at 272. So from $6.59 in 2005 to 30 in 2016, 272, a nine bagger since the start of 2016. I was suspecting that's the best performance you could have found on the SP 500, but Netflix has been awfully good. So there may be a few other players there too. So impressive. All right. So impressive. And you got close, Matt, but you didn't quite nail it. And wait, what did I just hear? This episode of Rule Breaker Investing is brought to you by TD Ameritrade. You're always on the cutting edge of technology with TD Ameritrade, which prides itself on being ahead of the curve. Their latest innovations put their resources and services on the popular platforms that you carry and use every day. So now all you have to do is enable the TD Ameritrade skill for your Amazon Echo or message them on Facebook to stay on top of the markets. Learn more about their commitment to innovation at tdameritrade.com slash innovation. All right, so I'm looking over our clock, and I'm realizing I've had a little bit too much fun. I mean, I, I could definitely do this for two more hours, but I want to bring our podcast in under 60, as I always try to do. <laughs> we got four more companies, so we're going to get on our horse a little bit more with these last four. Matt, you are four of six right now. Let's get to stock number seven. So, Matt, you're in a new city with a friend. You're just kind of walking around. You want to find a place to have lunch. It's a new city for you. You're not really sure. How do you decide where you're going to have lunch? Ooh, uh, I guess a couple ways. Yelp comes to mind. Maybe Open Table, which is owned by Priceline. It's interesting you mentioned Yelp because that is in fact stock number seven. You're okay. right, Open Table, which is a great answer, but these days is owned by Booking Holdings Priceline, which bought them out. But Yelp remains independent and a really volatile, interesting stock and company. Now, I think a lot of us know that brand, Yelp, and you'll see that they have local listings for everything from a restaurant you might select to a plumber that you might select. It's kind of the people's reviews of stuff around us, and that's the business that Yelp has laid its brand over top of it. I would say that Yelp is one of those companies where it has an outsized brand. I think a lot of people have heard of Yelp, but it's not maybe as large or successful a company as you might think. I'm not trying to give too many hints here. Uh, I'm not trying to either help or hurt Matt or my home <laughs> viewers. But Matt, what, what is the market cap of ticker symbol Y-E-L-P, Yelp? For Yelp, I'm going to say it is $4 billion. All right. 
Yes, it's been a episode five where Matt seems to get it within like 5%. Forget about 20% much of the time. <laughs> yep, that's right. The market cap for Yelp is $3.8 billion, So that means playing at home, if you're at from $3.03 billion, right up to $4.6 billion, you got it right along with Matt. Matt, you are now 5 of seven. You know, it's interesting. First of all, this is also a stock that I picked in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. I'm disappointed to say this is one of our real underperformers. We we first picked it at 61.5 in November 2013, so we're coming up on the five-year anniversary with this one as well. And it went from 61.5 to 100 within a year, which felt really great. By 2016, it dropped as low as about 15 from 100. Again, our cost was 61.5. Happy to say it's tripled since that low. So this has been a pretty great performer the last two years. Just back to 45, though, so we're still underwater. The market's been great over the last few years, so we're way behind on Yelp. But do you what, do you have any thoughts about like Yelp going forward? Well, I it is, it, and I like what you said earlier. It's, it is one of those companies where you feel like the brand is a lot bigger than the company. And there's a lot of examples like that that we have in the universe. And so usually when that's the case, I tend to get a little more interested because the brand ultimately the the awareness customer interaction with it that's worth a lot and usually down the road that means a much larger company. Thank you Matt and it's interesting you mentioned that because yeah I mean I was surprised when I was doing this research myself in preparation for our game. I do more research for this show by the way than any of my other podcasts. <laughs> I have to look up all the numbers. I have no summer intern. Summer's done. <laughs> so uh, but yeah it's tripled over the last two years. I don't think most people realize what a strong, I mean, what an amazing stock Yelp has been over the last couple of years. All right, well, let's get to stock number eight. So, Matt, there's a stock that you and I have talked about over the years because you brought this one to Motley Fool Stock Advisor. And I think you know the company I'm talking about because I know that you're a New England Patriots fan. And one of those reasons is that you're kind of a Boston area guy and Boston Beer, oh, yeah. the public company. You were the one who really, when you were on my stock advisor team years ago, you said, hey, what about Sam? And I looked it over and I was like, yes. So it was really your idea that I brought to stock advisor members. And uh, the ticker symbol, by the way, S-A-M, right? Because why? Because of Samuel Adams, which is, of course, their, their core brand. That's um, it. And they have, but they also have a lot of other brands, but really kind of the, the leader in the craft beer industry, which uh, lately been a little bit of a challenge. But over the last 10, 15 years, we've seen just huge demand for craft beer uh, really all over the country. And, and Boston Beer has kind of led that. Uh, revolution. Yeah, but in fact, I asked you about this one earlier this year. Um, I'm not going to say what the numbers were because that might help you, but you did nail it. You got this one. You may well be ready to get it again. Uh, Sam has been an interesting stock since we last played with this one in March of 2018. Here we are now, six months later. Matt Argersinger and my fellow players at home, fools everywhere. What is the market cap within 20% either way of ticker symbol SAM Boston Beer? Yeah, it's had a nice comeback this year. Uh, it's actually approaching, I think, all-time highs or near all-time highs. Uh, it's, um, I want to say, four and a half billion on Boston beer. Oh my goodness, I missed it. So so close once again. But I'm sorry, Matt. The uh, the answer, in fact, is three point seven billion. Uh. So if you were within three point oh three billion to four point four billion, give yourself a check mark. I, it hurts for me not to be able to. You were within. Basically, dot one of this, Matt. It feels wrong, but we have to play by the numbers. This is a numbers game. And uh, yeah, it's interesting to think about. We just talked about Yelp. This company's actually smaller than Yelp. That's right. A lot of people would think that Boston Beer and Sam Adams and Yelp hasn't been a great stock, would be would be bigger. But even after all its success, it's still smaller than Yelp. 
Yeah, it's been, it started out pretty small for us, I know, in Stock Advisor. Um, and uh, I guess I just thought it had a lot better year than it has. But it's, it's definitely been a nice rise, just not quite as big as I thought. Well, yeah, but it's been a truly great year. I mean, I'm sorry that you got so close and just barely missed it. But when we were talking in March, it was at $2.1 billion, And that was March. The company's now $3.7 billion, So, no the stock kidding. has had a, almost doubled in just the last five or six months. And I'm... Partly had you on the podcast this week, Matt. To ask, do you know why? Like, I haven't kept up that much with Boston beer. A lot of people are saying craft brews. There's too many of them out there, you know. And plus, Sam Adams is starting to look corporate, and they're not they're not cool enough. And all this. And in the meantime, it has absolutely dominated the market averages. The stock is absolutely on fire. Well, it's it's funny. It's it's almost paradoxical in a way because what we've seen is there's, there's been a slowdown in general in demand for craft beer. Um, but what that also means is that a lot of the the bars and uh, retail shops out there aren't accepting any new independent craft beers because they just think we've got enough, our shelves are stacked. And I think what happens is people tend to then go back to what they know and they tend to stick to the you know the brands that they've been using all the time. And I think I so I see I feel like Boston Beer is getting a little bit of that. Samuel Adams is getting a little bit of traction back with customers mm. who are just kind of saying, hey, I know what I'm getting with Sam Adams, sticking with it, not trying anything new. Well, not only that, but when your stock goes from below 200. Just six months later, to over 320, that also gives the company some more financial resources if it wanted to tap the markets or whatever. I mean, stock price really matters. It, it does strengthen the future of enterprises if you have a high and well-performing stock. That's right. I think investors, there is a thing to momentum because I think it's it's we think of just a stock price. What does a stock price do for a company? But it's it's optimism. It's like you said, it's easier, cheaper capital in the in the equity markets. There's a lot of reasons why a stock that rises can continue rising. You bet. All right, Matt. Well, unfortunately, with that miss, you're five of eight. But since you started by saying, hey, 500 would be good enough, you're already locked in on 500. So the last two, it's the only question is will you bat 600 or 700? You're already at 500. Let's get to stock number nine. Now, stock number nine, I first encountered with one of the great headlines that I've seen on a fool.com story. You know, we have wonderfully gifted contract writers that write for us every day at fool.com, and they come from around the country and around the world. Even though Fool HQ is based here in Alexandria, Virginia, our fool.com writers, our Motley Fool writers are everywhere, and they're looking at all kinds of different companies. So I'm going to share the headline with you in a sec. But, Matt, do you have any particular headlines that you remember from our site? Maybe something you penned or a favorite headline? No, no, I have. I've, I I don't know if I have the headline exactly right, but I remember several years ago, one of our writers on Fool.com, the headline was something like, "This stock is worse than Enron." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thought I saw it and I said I have to click on this because it's just. I mean, you, people think of Enron, and of course it was you know made earlier in the century. Yeah. Just this worse, worse than. I Enron? mean, what could be worse, right? right. But. I don't yeah. even know what that means, but yeah, I would click it too. <laughs> All right, well, I clicked this headline back in April of 2017. I think it was April 24th, 2017. Anybody can still Google this and find it. Here was the headline Textron takes the lead in robotic warships. Full stop. Oh. Textron takes the lead in robotic warships. I immediately clicked that. I was like, I, I want me some of this. I mean, what, I, I want to be invested in any company making or contemplating robotic warships, but especially the leader. So, Textron, ticker symbol TXT, is a successful American defense 
company, manufacturer. It does a lot of other things besides robotic warships. And Matt, I'm already seeing some what I would describe as quizzical looks from you. One might even say slightly negative body language. Not because I don't think you object to robotic warships, do you? No, no, no. Not I, at I, all. I, no. Who doesn't like robotic warships? And, and I agree. But I think the reason you might be quizzical is because you have absolutely no idea what to do with <laughs> this one. I'm never I mean, again, that's in part why we play the game. So without wasting any more time, ticker symbol TXT, Matt Argersinger, what is the market cap of Textron? Uh, I'm going to throw out the 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 no look ten billion. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad try, but you undershot this one as well. The market cap for Textron is seventeen point four billion. So players at home, if you want to try to beat Matt on this one, you need to be from thirteen point nine to twenty point nine billion, anywhere within. That range. Textron takes the lead in robotic warships. It was Rich Smith, the longtime writer, who wrote that article. And a couple months later, I made it my stock advisor pick and Motley Fool stock advisor. So, yes, I use fool.com to find stock ideas and do my research as well. Really happy to say the stock was at 47 back then. Right now, it's at about 70. That's not a bad performance for a defense company over just about a year and a third. So, Textron, I would say it's one to keep an eye out for. And I know some of our listeners probably are already invested in Textron. I myself haven't bought shares yet. I'm awfully glad I recommended them because this has been a great stock for Stock Advisor. Matt, any defense thoughts, picks, or should we just get on to stock number 10? No, but I, I have to say, I'm going to be checking out Textron Robotic Warships. I mean, that's. Enough said, <laughs> right? Said. Enough said. All right, let's go to stock number 10. And in some ways, you could say I've saved the best to last because what could have been a more talked about, more volatile company recently? What could have dominated headlines? In investment news, whether you're looking at newspaper sites or the Wall Street Journal, what company whose name is just five letters long, what CEO whose first name is four letters long and his last name is four letters long, what company is getting constant coverage? Matt, I think I've even heard you talk about them on Market Foolery or Motley Fool Money. It seems like everybody has to have been talking about what company? Tesla. You guessed it. That's right. Ticker symbol TSLA. And I figured I had to throw this one in because it's just so au courant. I mean, they're making too many headlines. I think some of this isn't even news that I think matters that much to me as an investor. But without further ado, Matt Argersinger and all of my fellow players at home, within 20%, what is today's, and it is ever changing, what is today's market cap for Tesla? I absolutely should get this 40 billion. All right. <laughs> Not a bad way to close the actual market cap of Tesla. As I speak, it was up like 9% yesterday. It's down several percent today, but it I have it at $47.5 billion. Ooh, so, just made it. players at home, if you're anywhere from 38 to $57 billion, give yourself a plus one. You know, within 20%, the market cap of Tesla, which makes you pretty relevant at parties these days. Since everyone is talking about Tesla, you might as well know your market cap. So, $48 billion just to round that one off. And Matt, any thoughts about Tesla, Elon Musk, before we go? No, other than, um, you know, I think there's, I think the media tends to focus on some of the more sensational aspects of, of Tesla and Elon Musk's life. I think, uh, you know, when you dig down, there's a brilliant company here, there's a brilliant CEO here. And I know we certainly believe if, uh, in the long run potential of Tesla, no you, matter the uh, short term headlines. You betcha. It's been a great stock pick for anybody who cares about performance over the long term, which to us at The Motley Fool is the only term that matters. Well, speaking of performance, Matt, 6 out of 10 is how we close out this game show. 
you're back. I feel good about that. I still, I, you know, I can see Rick's face. Rick's face behind the glass. He's looking at us, says he still missed Etsy though. I mean, that's <laughs> that, he, he needs to get he needs to lose two points for that. But <laughs> I mean, you did. You didn't miss it by much. And a couple others, you just barely missed. I think this is your greatest performance yet on this oh. game show. That's that's my thought because you you had no horrible misses. I mean, it's really fun and funny when you miss one really badly. You didn't have any of that oh, for us well, this thanks, time. David. All right, so fun. the hashtag is. I beat Matt if, in fact, and I think you're lying, you beat Matt this week, but maybe you did. And if you do, I want to hear from you on Twitter. We love those people, the winners out there. If you lost to Matt, well, I think I probably would have too. Hashtag I lost to Matt. And I know some of you may well be 600 hitters yourself, so maybe it's hashtag I tied Matt. Please do tweet us out at RBI Podcast. And then say hashtag I got Etsy or, or, I, <laughs> or I guessed Etsy or something like that. Right. Well, that's That'd early in too. the show, and I hope at least one person noted that, and we'll go ahead and use that. We'll be watching. <laughs> Eyes peeled for that as well. All right. Well, last week was a lot of fun because we did my most recent five-stock sampler. You remember it? Mm-mm. Good. And we also reviewed our very first five-stock sampler in show history. This week, it was all stocks all the time with the Market Cap Game Show. And let's just keep it going into next week. Next week, I'm going to be bringing out some new principles that I'm intending to be part of how we teach rule breaker investing. So if you're a longtime rule breaker, you know there are six traits that we've taught for years and years. We wrote about it in a book. Matt and I and others here at The Fool who use our approach, Rule Breaker Investing, use these principles every day to identify what we think are the rule breakers. But that's about the companies themselves. What about your habits or traits as an investor, like how you actually do the investing when you select these companies? I want to share with you some thoughts, probably ones that you could guess coming from me, because a lot of them we talk about on the show, but I want to codify them a little bit more. So I'm going to be bringing that, excited to bring that to you in next week's show. And I'm also going to bring another five-stock sampler review to the show next week, because one year ago this month, I picked five great stocks you've never heard of. So, let's see how those companies have performed in the meantime. I haven't even looked yet. I sure hope they've won. Well, from my producer, Rick Engdahl, from my guest star, Matt Argusinger, I joining in with you as well. Thank you for suffering fools gladly and spending some time with us. Have a great week. Fool on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.